0: Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. I hope everyone is having a wonderful summer day. So a question that I get a lot is how we as Christians should approach what we watch, what we listen to, the things that we consume. It can be really difficult to be, as we Christians often say, in the world, but not of the world. What does that look like? What does it mean to be too legalistic about that kind of stuff? Does that mean that we can't have any fun at all? Uh, Or is it a matter of holiness and righteousness to make sure that we are being set apart in the things that we consume? Uh, First of all, let me just say, I did not and do not want to do this episode. Like, I don't want to. I tried to think of different subjects that I could cover that are not this one because I knew that while preparing for this and while writing this podcast, I was going to be convicted about the things that I listened to and watched, and I was. Uh, So that said, I am not giving you this episode as someone who has been perfect in this, by any means, not even close. It's something that I am learning and really have learned, I would say more than ever, preparing for this podcast and that I'm being sanctified in because I'm actually I, you know, going into the word of God saying, okay, what does it say about the things that I should consume? It's very easy to get lazy on things like this. But uh in my learning I have recognized just how important it is to be careful about the things that we put in our mind. So just know that I am not Just some mom, just some prude, or something like that, that is speaking from a place of like hating all things secular. I mean, one of my favorite shows of all time is The Sopranos. Of all time, I can tell you right now that that is not a show that is going to fall into the category of lovely or pure or right. So, know that this is not coming from a place of condemnation, this is coming from a place of dang it. I need to, and we need to uh, align ourselves and our lives to the Bible, and we are going to work to do that together through this episode today. So before we actually do that, we need to know what the Bible says about all of this. The first verse, as you can tell from the the title of this podcast episode, the first verse that I think of when I consider this question uh, is, and this question is, what should we be filling our minds with, is Philippians 4.8. Uh, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Uh, this was an exhortation to the Philippian church, and it really doesn't need any more context than that to understand uh, exactly what God through Paul means by this particular verse. So what thing should we be thinking about as christians according to this verse things that are true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is lovely whatever is admirable anything that is excellent anything that is praiseworthy i mean how many things when i read this list how many things can i think of uh that I consider throughout the day or that I dwell on throughout the day that do not fall into these categories? How many how many things do I think about other people, people who make me mad online, politicians who say ridiculous things? How often and how often am I thinking about uh, things about them that are not lovely or kind or true or right or good. How often am I feeling some kind of resentment thinking about what someone has done to me, why they're wrong, hoping it catches up to them? How often am I anxious considering the worst case scenario in the situations I'm facing? How often how often am I negative and cynical? The answer to all of those questions is a lot. Um, and how much of the content uh, that I'm listening to via podcasts, on television, and my music is corrupt and is not glorifying to God and is fueling these negative thoughts that don't fall into the categories that are listed in Philippians four eight. because the fact of the matter is what we consume has a profound effect, a profound impact on what we think. It is impossible for any of us to be unaffected by the things we watch and listen to for better or for worse. Uh, for example, when you are sinning, we've all been in uh, some kind, probably some kind of season of uh, rebellion, either before you were a Christian or after you uh, knew about the Bible and knew about Christianity, but you decided to go your own way. Uh, when you're in a season of rebelling against God, where you're doing something that you know you shouldn't be, how easy is it uh, to read your Bible and listen to worship music or listen to a sermon? Um, if you do have the Holy Spirit inside of you, as you've uh, chosen to sin in a particular way it's not easy it hurts you know that something's got to give either you've got to separate yourself from what you're reading in scripture and and tune out the truth being sung in the worship music or in the in the sermon or you have to stop sinning uh when you are in the midst of sin of uh doing that which you know the bible tells you not to do what do you want to read and what do you want to watch and listen to instead Uh, You either want to listen to mindless content or the kinds of things that affirm your choices. You will do anything to get away from your guilt, to stop thinking about it. You will do anything to avoid conviction. Uh, Of course, we don't only watch and listen to these things to avoid some kind of conviction of sin. We uh, ingest these things for entertainment because we like them, because we want to numb our minds after a long day because they're just funny. Uh, but no matter what the reason is, the point is this: the kind of content that we take in has a direct and significant impact on our thoughts, on our feelings, and consequently on what we do. Uh, this is true whether you are a Christian or not. Being a Christian does not make you immune to the effects of worldly, sh- worldly shows or podcasts. Uh, so the question I've had to ask myself is this: How much of what I'm listening to is truly noble and praiseworthy? And according, uh, not according to the world, but according to God, if God asked me, Ali, is what you're watching or listening to noble and praiseworthy? Is this right? Is it excellent according to my standards? What would I say to those questions? So again, these standards, according to God's word, are uh, true does this reflect what God says is true? So for example, is it portraying uh, having sex outside of marriage is good? Is it portraying lying as justified? Is it uh, communicating something as true that God says is not actually true? Uh, noble? Is this upright? Is this honorable? Is this something that is held in high regard to God? Are the characteristics of this show or book or whatever falling in line? with what God finds honorable. Um, Right. So is this correct? Similar. It's similar to true. Is this righteous according to God? Is this condoning something is right that God says is not right? Another qualification is lovely. Is this beautiful according to God's standards? Is this pure? Is this positive? Is this worthy of my adoration and affection? Um, Admirable. Are the themes in this book or show or podcast as something that I as a Christian should be applauding. Uh, Are these the morals that I, according to scripture, uh, would uphold is good? Excellent. When I think of the word excellent, I think of exceeding standards. So something being above reproach. This is not talking in quality because let's be real. The quality of the Sopranos is excellent. Uh, So is the podcast Crime Town. By the way, if you can't tell, I like crime stories. But are these things above reproach? Are these things excellent? Are they excelling the standards of God's goodness? Probably not. Uh, Praiseworthy, the one being who is worthy of all of our praise is God, and thus uh, only that which is of him can actually be considered praiseworthy. Uh, Praise, worship, honor, lifting up, exalting, complimenting is what we are watching, taking in, uh, reading, worthy of these things. Now, I know Paul doesn't say in this verse, in Philippians 4, 8, uh, to only watch or listen to uh, or read things that are true, noble, right, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. He tells us to think on these things. But... As we have already stated, what we watch and what we listen to and what we read uh, shapes our thoughts. So naturally, what we put into our minds should fall under these categories as well. Um, Now, I am not going to list every single show and podcast that I personally, Ali Stuckey, think is disqualified from what Christians should watch. I mean, some of them are probably pretty easy, like Christians shouldn't be watching or reading Fifty Shades of Grey. It's not that difficult to realize. But other things like The Office, one of my favorite shows of all time, maybe a little bit more difficult. It's not explicitly a Christian show, but it's also not explicitly violence or especially uh, violent or especially sexual or something like that. Um, I am not going to be the ultimate arbiter of what counts as righteous for the Christian and what doesn't. Uh, All I can do in this episode is point to God's word and remind us, all of us, me included, of our call to spirit led discernment that is guided by the word of God. Uh, Christians are called to discern in all things. We are called to determine what is good, to weigh carefully the decisions that are at hand, even seemingly trivial decisions, like what shows to watch. Uh, We are not supposed to be flippant about what we put before our eyes and what we put in our ears the way the rest of the world is. We are actually called to be very careful about these things. Uh, Why? Because we as Christians are called to be Holy, which means we are called to be set apart from who? From those who are not Christians, those who do not know Christ. Uh, Romans 12, one through two says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So let's break that down for a second. But right now, I need to talk to you about ExpressVPN. So when you think about cybercrime, you probably think, okay, this is not something that can happen to me. It's something that I see in the movies, but no one's ever gonna try to take my data. No one's ever gonna try to take my passwords or my credit card numbers. But you would be wrong if you assume that, because um, hacking your computer through public Wi-Fi is actually one of the easiest and the cheapest ways for hackers to make money, and you don't want that to happen to you. So, if you leave your internet connection unencrypted, unencrypted, this is something that I didn't actually know, but I realize now. If you leave it unencrypted, you might as well be like writing your passwords and your credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the entire world to see. Um, So you should probably take action and protect yourself and use ExpressVPN. So let me tell you what ExpressVPN does. Um, It secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address, Um, It has really easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, or your tablet. Um, If you turn on ExpressVPN, uh, you can do so by just using one click, which is really nice if you're technologically challenged. Uh, You can safely surf on public Wi-Fi. You don't have to worry about having your personal data stolen, which just gives you a lot of peace of mind. And this is all for less than $7 a month. You get ExpressVPN protection. It is the Number one VPN service uh, rated by Tech Radar. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is a huge deal. So you can protect your online activity. Uh, you can get three months for free uh, at ExpressVPN.com/Allie. alley. is Express. VPN.com slash Allie. My name is spelled A-L-L-I-E and you get three months free with a one-year package. So go to expressvpn.com slash Allie to learn more. First, uh, the text says that our bodies are a living sacrifice to God. That means nothing in our body, including our minds as Christians, uh, are our own uh, or is our own, but rather is to be presented to God as a sacrifice. So our entire being is meant to be dedicated uh, to the service of and to the worship of God. Uh, What is the only kind of sacrifice that God accepts? One that is holy, one that is sanctified, one that is unstained. Now, just an aside on that, we know that it is actually Jesus who makes us holy and acceptable before God. So I'm not saying that by not watching Game of Thrones, you are made more right before God. That's not what I'm saying. But it does mean uh, that because we have been made holy by Christ, because we have been made right with God because of Christ as Christians, that our entire beings are to be dedicated to holiness. Uh, we are living out the righteousness that is imputed to us by Jesus. We are thus to live sacrificially before God in holiness, in set-apartness, and in continual worship. And again, this includes our minds, which are, of course, a part of our bodies. Um, And what should a mind dedicated to being a living spiritual sacrifice to God look like? Uh, It should be filled, according to Philippians 4, 8, with that which is true and noble and right and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And how do we ensure that our minds are characterized by these things? Well, Romans twelve two tells us instead of conforming to the world, we should be transformed by the mind's renewal. So what the world gives us will deteriorate our minds, but what God gives us will renew our minds. So instead of doing what the world does, thinking how the world thinks and taking in what the world takes in, we are to be completely changed, completely made new by doing what God calls us to do. Uh, Thinking of the things that he tells us to think about and taking in the things that he tells us to take in. Um, And how do we do that? We do that by, quote, testing so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And what is the will of God? What is good and acceptable and And perfect, what is true and noble and right and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Um, How do we discern what falls into these categories when some of these things, like we've already noted, are actually greater than others? Uh, By testing and discerning, the Bible says. How do we test and discern? By reading God's word and praying for the help and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And remember, Remember, as we've said on this podcast before, the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you something that contradicts God's word. As we've said before, when you try to separate the Holy Spirit from God's word, you end up with only your feelings. And when you follow only your feelings, it will lead you to sin. That's because as Jeremiah seventeen nine says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Um... And I am, when I'm saying this, I just want to reiterate this I am speaking to myself just as much as I am speaking to anyone else, as much as it may seem lame. to make a big deal of the things that we read and watch and listen to i mean gosh i remember in high school when my parents wouldn't let me see some movie or watch some tv show it was so lame who cares it's fine i'm not going to be affected by this i'm not going to be influenced by this stuff Uh, as legalistic as it might feel to not watch a popular show uh, because it doesn't meet god's standards of loveliness uh, christians are not called to submit to the fear of missing out we are called to submit to jesus Um, And because Jesus died for us, because he chose us before the foundation of the world, honoring him means more to us than being relevant. Uh, Becoming more like him uh, means more to us than being able to, quote, engage with the culture. Uh, I don't like that. I, I want to be relevant. I want to be a part of what other people are doing. I want to understand cultural references. And I think that a lot of times this is totally possible for Christians, but, but, Here's the caveat, when being relevant involves compromising our holiness, uh, lowering our standards of what goes into our minds, it has to be avoided. Uh, I think another verse that helps us discern what we should be taking in is this. Um, it's Ephesians five fifteen through 17. So it's a few verses. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So let's highlight some of these really important words. It says, look carefully. We are supposed to be cautious, conscientious, thoughtful, deliberate about how we what make major decisions how we approach important crossroads in our life no how we walk so how we move forward how we step forward day to day so we're not just looking carefully and cautiously we're also doing so to be wise to make sure that we are making wise decisions and what is wisdom according to God's word proverbs 9 10 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy one is insight so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom meaning that a reverence of the Lord the honor of the Lord, the deference to the Lord, the submission to the Lord uh, is the beginning of wisdom. So in submitting to the Lord, we get wisdom. So in relationship with God, we get wisdom and knowledge and insight, which gives us the uh, ability to discern as Romans 12, 2 tells us what is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, So we look carefully, we look cautiously, we look purposefully how we walk, how we move forward on a day-to-day basis, making decisions that are wise according to the Lord and according to his word, Uh, making the best use of our time, not just an okay use of our time, not just a neutral use of our time, but the Bible says the best use of our time. That should convict all of us, especially me, me the foremost, I would say, uh, of how much time we spend scrolling on Instagram. That's certainly not the best use of my time. Uh, Why does it matter, the Bible uh, asks or the Bible answers, uh, that we spend our time in a way that is good and wise and careful? because, Because the days are evil. They are evil. They are corrupt. They are tricky. They are deceitful. They are depraved. Uh, They are infected by the one who Ephesians 2 calls the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. This is Satan. He is looking to pull people away. He is looking to distract the Christian from the work of sharing the gospel. He is looking to numb our minds with uh, the things of this world. If he cannot pluck us out of God's hand, he at least is going to make sure uh, to make us care about the things that don't matter. He can at least lead us to obsess over things that are not eternal. He can at least contaminate our minds with shows and books and podcasts that are completely unholy and don't meet God's standards. Uh, First Peter 5.8 says this, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So here we get similar language as we did in Ephesians 5. Be careful, be sober-minded, be watchful. Why? Because Satan is here. He is also powerful and you are not immune to his attacks. Uh, This is precisely why in Ephesians 6 we are called to Arm ourselves with the full armor of God, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities, the powers at work in this present darkness. Uh, the verses in Ephesians five go on to say, "Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is." Uh, that is an extremely close. Refre- we're doing a lot, by the way. <laughs> we're doing a lot of cross-referencing here. That is uh, an extremely close reflection of Romans 12, twelve two, which says we are to discern what the will of God is. What is good and acceptable and perfect. And what is God's will? What is good and acceptable and perfect? What is true and right and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. So as cumbersome and as uncool as it sounds, we are supposed to be thoughtful and prayerful and wise and considerate and cautious and righteous and different in the decisions that we make even. And I would say, especially in the content that you and I consume. Um, I actually think that the next verses in Ephesians 5 also speak to why this is, and I'll explain. So 5, uh, 5 through 17 says this, Look carefully then as you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Then verse 18 says this, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit." Now, we are not talking about drunkenness in this episode, so how is this verse particularly relevant? Well, I want us to look at the wording here. Do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Another way to say this is, do not fill yourself with wine, but fill yourself with the Spirit. Um, If you have ever gotten drunk, you know that alcohol affects how you think, uh, what you say and how you act. And if you've ever gotten really drunk, uh, you know that the way that alcohol typically affects these things is not in a way that actually honors the Lord. You say and do things that are embarrassing, that you wouldn't have if you were sober, that are sinful, that are unwise, that are shameful, that are foolish. You lose control. Uh, You make decisions that you wouldn't if uh, you weren't filled with this alcohol. God does not uh, want this for us. He says, don't fill your body with wine to the point of being drunk, but fill your body with the spirit. Why? Because whatever fills you controls you. Um, So if your body is filled with wine or drugs or whatever, these substances dictate your thoughts. They dictate your behavior and they dictate your words. That is why when someone is drunk or high, uh, it's called being under the influence. They are being influenced by an external substance and all they say and do is being impacted by it. Uh, in the same way, when our minds are filled with something—in this case, particular messages from some kind of uh, medium, whatever we're listening to or watching—this content is going to shape our thoughts, behavior, and words. Uh, this is why First uh, Peter five eight t- uh, says to be sober-minded, and we can take this to mean both uh, both literally and figuratively. When our minds are filled by something, uh, they are going to be controlled by it. And again. Uh, What is the Christian's mind supposed to be filled with Uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that which is true and noble and right and admirable and lovely and excellent and praiseworthy? Why? Because the days are evil. The time is short and Satan is looking uh, for every avenue he possibly can to take our minds off Christ and onto that which renders us useless. As Christians, we are called to be different. We are called to be set apart. We are called to be holy. Um, We cannot expect to be different if we are essentially the same, if we are consuming all of the things that the world is consuming. Uh, Everything from the inside out for us Christians is supposed to look different than uh, the world looks, not because we are trying to earn God's approval or salvation, which we know is impossible, but because in Christ, we already have it. And because of that, we live in such a way to honor our salvation and to obey the God who graciously saved us, who calls us to live lives of righteousness, to spend our time wisely and to share the gospel with those around us. Colossians 3.1 says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Uh, If you have been raised with Christ, so if you're truly a Christian, if you venture to follow him, if you've counted the cost, uh, then do what? Uh, Seek, actively look for, go after, pursue that which is of heaven, where Jesus is seated at the right hand of God as our intercessor, as our redeemer, as our king. Uh, That which is of heaven is good and acceptable and perfect. It is pure and holy and lovely. Ephesians 4 17 through 24. We've read this passage many times on this podcast, but it speaks to who we were and who we're supposed to be and, and what that difference really is. Um, it says, Now, this I say in testifying the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way that you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. And so right there in verse 23, we see that phrase again, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Uh, God through Paul is emphasizing how important our thought life is. And again, the things that we consume, the things that we put in our minds, the things that we fill our bodies with, our minds with are going to uh, affect how we think. They are going to affect our perspective. They are going to affect how we approach life. And God is telling us to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Why? Because you're a Christian, because you care about different things, because as Colossians says, that you are looking to the things above, the things uh, of, of heaven, where Christ is, where he is seated as your authority. And we are to put on the new self. Verse 24 of uh, Ephesians 4 says, uh, created after the likeness of God. So our new selves are created after the likeness of God. It's not just a better version of us. It's a a new version. It's a new self that is created after God's likeness. And what is that likeness? True righteousness and holiness. So I think that especially in America, we as Christians have come to accept cultural Christianity as um, really all that's needed in order to be saved. And we think that being saved and being saved from hell is all that Christianity is about. So it doesn't really matter what we do. doesn't really matter what we put inside our minds. As long as we said the prayer when we were seven years old, we walked down the aisle, we got baptized after taking the new Christians class, everything is all good. Uh, sanctification doesn't really matter. Holiness doesn't really matter. We don't have to be set apart because, well, that's uncomfortable. That's awkward. That's inconvenient. I don't want to be that different. Sure, some of the things in my life might look different. I might give a little bit more. I might not cuss quite as much. I might not move in with my boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is. But I don't really want to go out on a limb and do the things that people are really going to stand back and say, whoa, are you a Pharisee? Are you legalistic? Wow, you come across as so judgmental because you're not watching the things that I'm watching. I think we as Christians, and I've been there again, I'm not speaking from a place of condemnation. I have been there many times. We as Christians don't want to put ourselves in that position. Like, we want people to know that we're relevant. We want people to know that we're cool. We want people to know that we fit in with them, that like, yeah, we're a Christian. We go to church and we read the Bible and we believe in God and all that kind of stuff. But don't worry, like we're not lame. We're not super lame. Like we get it. Like we're down with the, with the cultural stuff. Like we understand, no, we're cool. We're the cool kinds of Christians thinking that this is going to make others accept us more. And maybe we think that this is going to make others... Um, I don't know, appeal or that this is going to make Christianity appeal to non-believers more, but it won't. The reality is, is that people are looking for something that's different. People are looking for a special kind of freedom and liberty that is only found in knowing Jesus Christ. And if our lives, including the things that we consume, which as we've said many times, shape our minds and shape our hearts and shape the things that we say and do, if it all looks the same, then what appeal are we really? I was just reading in 2 Corinthians about how Christians are supposed supposed to be an aroma of Christ which um, is a, really smells like a stench of death to those who are dying but is uh, a sweet aroma of life to those who are being saved. And so our call is to not look like and act like the rest of the world, but be transformed from the inside out, transformed in the renewal of our minds or the spirit of our minds. And that is accomplished through, as we've talked about many times, reading the word of God, praying for wisdom in the Holy Spirit and acting in obedience, even when it's hard. And gosh, that's real. I would say sometimes that's even more difficult when it comes to the trivial stuff. And I have, in preparing for this podcast, really assessed a lot of the things that I consume. A lot of the things, the podcasts that I listen to, I love crime stuff. And I'm not saying every single crime podcast or show that you ever watch is bad and is not glorifying. Some of it could be edifying and educational if the lessons are correct in it, but some of it glorifies the things that God says not to glorify. And I have also noticed that I am, I am just someone who is severely influenced, I would say, especially by the things that I read and watch and listen to. I can get a lot of anxiety from listening to, Uh, to things to to crime series for example I can get really weighed down by that kind of stuff like when I was watching the Sopranos for example I remember watching one episode that was so dark I was like I don't think that I can keep going in this I we watched House of Cards too so I'm just like laying out all of the things that I've watched that are totally corrupt and don't fall under Philippians 4 8 at all but there were times in this where I was just like this is too dark for me to watch. This is not good for me to consume. I'm thinking about things that I don't want to think about. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm anxious. I am waking up in the middle of the night thinking about how awful that episode was. And I think that it's especially gracious of the Lord to give us the directive that says, hey, your mind is not supposed to be weighed down by that. Your mind is not supposed to be weighed down by those burdens. Uh, you are supposed to be free of that stuff. I want you to realize that the burden that I have for you is light. The yoke that I have for you, as Jesus says, is easy. I want you to dwell on the things that are good and right and true. You're not supposed to be thinking about darkness. You're not supposed to be waiting in darkness anymore. You're supposed to be thinking about that which is good. And uh, I think it's, is it Ephesians? I don't remember where this is. Ting it, I really wish I do. I'm pretty good at remembering at least the books of the Bible where certain phrases are. But the Bible also says, uh, give no opportunity to the devil. And it's actually talking about something else and giving no opportunity to the devil. It's talking about thing, it's, it's running out of my mind. Someone's going to be able to email me and tell me where exactly that is. But I think in consuming certain kinds of uh, dark and wayward content, we are giving an opportunity to Satan. We are giving into that temptation by letting thoughts in that don't glorify the Lord and don't help us. They don't help us heal. They don't help us live lives of uh, fulfillment. As Jesus says, the, the, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And I think that the dark things that we often consume can lead us in a direction that Jesus has graciously told us not to go in. So I want you to know that if this episode challenged you, it challenged me too. But I hope it also helps you, and I hope that you do your own digging into the Bible. And I hope at, at the very least that for all of us, that before we watch something, before we read something, before we listen to something, that we're thoughtful about it, that we're prayerful about it, that we go to the word of God realizing that's not overkill. That's just the life of holiness that we have been called to and really aim to be sanctified in the things that we put inside our minds. Um, Okay, that's it for today. I will see you guys next time.